Again, those of you who've been listening to me for years, this won't be a great surprise. But um, another one of the things that I've kind of had a pet, I want to use the word passion over, is the idea of switching to grass-fed beef for the betterment of your health, for sure. But more importantly, for the betterment of the environment. So I'm going to give you a little, uh, I want to call this food for thought on hope for a thirsty world, how grass-fed cows can actually help us restore the health to the entire water cycle. The ecological impact of raising cows, and by extension, of course, us eating beef, has become a kind of a scary fraught topic. One frequent concern is that the meat production uses a heck of a lot of water and creates, of course, water pollution. What often gets lost, however, is that the impact varies greatly depending on how the cows themselves are reared. As nutritionist and author Dana Rogers puts it, it's not the cow, it's the how. I like that. Or as I've said in my talks, it's awfully cheap for us to blame animals for our failure to manage them properly. There's a metric I like to talk about called the water footprint. It's intended to reveal how much water is required to produce different foods, and beef is indeed deemed particularly a thirsty concept. It's important to understand that these figures refer to CAFOs, listen to this, confined animal feeding operations, or the other one is called concentrated animal feeding operations. So let's talk a bit about CAFOs. As for water quality, consider the feedlot cattle are confined and their waste runs into nowhere but large lagoons. This certainly fouls up the entire area water system, particularly when heavy rains lead to overflow and creates, I call the ideal conditions for the production of methane. Way worse for our environment even than CO2. All ruminants do emit methane as part of their digestive process. However, healthy, grass-fed, grass-finished Animals on grassland soil contains methane-eating bacteria, so methane is kept really in balance when we grass-feed, or let's call it pasture-feed, our cattle. When cattle are on pasture, their waste is broken down by many, many millions of microorganisms and actually turns around turning into fertilizer to enrich the soil they're on. This Plus, the organic matter added when cattle move as a herd and trample down plant material actually bolsters carbon back into the soil, not out, which acts as a sponge. According to the United States Department of Agriculture, every 1% increase in soil organic carbon represents an astounding, to me, 20,000 gallons of water per acre that can be held on that land because that additional organic matter has been added. In other words, see what I really want you to look at is it's, it's, it's not that cattle reared and finished on grass are using 
the water so much as they are playing a part in the entire local water cycle. When cows are managed in a way that builds healthy soil, they're actually adding water to the system. Water that would otherwise be lost to evaporation or in a sluice away into gullies, uh, it, it washes away or you know, slides across lifeless dirt that's been overgrazed. And the process dragging along whatever topsoil that ends up as sediment, and where does it go? Into our water system. This is a, if you think about it in the right situation, it's a no-brainer. Let me try to explain here, kind of, kind of, to understand the paradox of why cattle actually lead to more water on the land. We can go back in time, maybe way back, as in millions of years ago, during the expansion of the grasslands, a category of landscape that represents about, at one time, a third of the world's land masses. Scientists believe that grasslands and grazing animals co-evolved so that the land literally involved to need the animals in the same way that the animals need the land. Herbivores nibble on grass in a way that promotes plant growth. However, the specter of predators keeps them moving so that grasses are not eaten down to the ground. They have to keep running, goes, have to keep going. The grazers evade pack hunting predators by bunching up and fleeing in mass pressing down seeds and plant residue in the process. This predator-prey relationship in the past and should be again is essential to healthy grasslands. In a process we call holistic management, that's a system of raising cows that mimics their natural relationship as much as possible to the world, can play a real role in enhancing water cycling in our landscape. When cattle are raised the way a lot of people raise them, literally, they just mass, throw them in the land, they let them eat everything till it's down to nothing. If they're lucky, they move them to another pasture or start them on, of all things, bales of hay. But that's not the only way. Because when you do that, most of the topsoil and whatever has been treated with Literally, it's been washed into the, in our case, in the Guadalupe River and the, the wetlands, the streams and ponds, whatever is literally at the bottom of the hill. To avoid this scenario, the land needs to be covered all the time with active growing foliage all year long. We're putting organic matter back into the soil then instead of raping it and taking it out. This captures water like a sponge and holds the water for the plants and the plants keep the soil in place. Think about it. Let the cattle do all the work. You just have to manage them properly. Regenerating soil is not part of raising cattle, but it's actually part of the mission. The byproduct is nutrient-dense food. If we don't have vibrant soil, we don't have a food system, that is healthy in this country. Uh, without belaboring the point, folks, every one of us, I don't care where you buy your food or what you do, you are a product. You are literally what you eat. And we seem to have lost track of that. What you eat is guides everything in your system, guides everything in the system you live in. 
and and we've we want to skip those in betweens. We want to raise a billion chickens in a house that a chicken can only turn around in. We want confined animal feeding observations so we can run twenty thousand cows. How do you feed us? Here's how you feed us. First, we go back to utilizing, not ruining the land. We can co-use the land. Number two. Uh, yes, maybe we should watch the amount of meat consumption. If not, especially make sure, yes, it's more money. Spend the extra to do grass-fed, not just uh, not just beef out of the store. That, that stuff is commercially raised on God knows what and is put through I don't know what to get processed. I process my own meat, so I know what it has in it. And, 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 and here's the problem. I, I just talked to a store owner, well, he's actually the manager here where I live now, and asked him for one dozen products that I can buy organic so I don't have to drive 40 miles round trip to get an organic half gallon of milk if I want it. Don't do a lot of milk. Uh, an occasional piece of organic beef if I want it or buffalo and mostly, of course, vegetables. His entire store, he has a very nice, this, this store has been in business 60 or 70 years. A beautiful array of, of really good-looking vegetables sprayed automatically with water, thank God and all. But guess what? In the entire store, this is just three days ago, there wasn't a single of any kind or species organic kind of green, period. And I finally just, I didn't unload. I was like I'm talking now, but I, I was. I want to use the word adamant about it. I said, I drive 40 miles. Well, it's about a little bit more than that, 20 miles each way, 45 miles. About once a week to go get groceries that I would buy from him. And here's the interesting thing. I don't, well, I guess I can tell you where I live in a place called Comfort, Texas. And folks, I hate to say this, I'm not the only hippie here, okay? Uh, there's a good number of people that listen to this show, that listen to my other show for dozens of years on the station in San Antonio called KTSA. And this is my, I don't want to say preaching, they hate that word. This is my mantra. You are what you eat. You, you as a rule, even with inflation, the way it is right now, folks, and I can't say all of us can do this, but the majority can. We still spend 10 to 11% of our income to feed our family. Except for Canada, which occasionally wins the award from us, where there's no other country on earth that spends less of their exposed, what is it, less of their disposable income than the United States of America. So here's my offer. Go to the next level. Buy organic. I can send you the list called the Dirty Dozen and the Clean 15. That's what I live by. The Dirty Dozen are the most vegetables and fruits exposed to chemistry before you get them in the United States. And the top 10 is always pretty much the same as they work around apples, strawberries, uh, always, of course, potatoes. But that didn't used to be. This is as we grow and we have to feed approaching 8 billion people. I have to understand we have to do mass production. But the point I don't understand is we don't have to do mass production to the detriment of the health of our environment and to the health of other people eating the food. So I went to the, uh, we'll see how he does. I actually went to the manager of the store and I says, I only named four or five products. I said, I would like you to bring me one dozen 
of the plants, animals, and things that I think I need to live on. It saved me 40, well, what is it, $150, $200 a month to travel, number one. I'll increase your, your, your people because you think you're just selling to the average guy here in the market. But believe me, I've lived here over 30 years. A lot of us go for our groceries somewhere else because he doesn't have anything in the store I really want to eat. And, and that's pretty bad. The, the bad news is the majority of the people who walk in that store either don't know or don't care. And the third reason is they can't afford otherwise. But my, my, my sales pitch is, yes, you can. Mexico, the poor people there spend about a half of what they make just to feed their family. All the foreign European countries are 15, 18, 20%. We're in the 8, 10, 12%. Better food for your kids, better food for you. Better, better case for the environment. You know what? Your health bills over years will be a lot less because you're going to be in a lot better shape. So it's either spend it now for good food and take care of yourself, or it's spend it later to pay the doctor. Thanks for tuning in to Organic Matters. I promise next week I won't be on my soapbox. Y'all have fun.